I am quite an unconventional person, quite a spontaneous person. And if you told me I had to write in a planner in the same way every day, that would just kill me. Well, I'm not Janet Murray. She is. I'm Kate Cocker. In this episode, I get to turn the tables and interview the host of the Courageous Content Podcast. You're going to hear why she decided to launch a planner on the spur of the moment and sold hundreds of copies before it was even printed, and how that impulsive decision turned into a multi-six-figure planner business. Wow! I think half of the time when we feel fearful about content, it's just because we don't know what to say, we don't know what to create. There's no frameworks, there's no structure. It's almost like your stabilizers, you know, when you're learning to ride a bike. Once you've learned to ride a bike, you can ditch the stabilizers. You're also going to find out how Janet plans her content, stays super consistent, and creates far more content than anyone I know in less time. You'll also get tons of tips on how to generate content ideas that will help you make sales in your business and how to stop feeling icky about selling to your audience as well. I do think female business owners, they can have such a problem with selling and convince themselves that what they're doing is scammy and horrible and mean. But actually what all of us are doing is we're solving a problem, we're helping people. But it can be hard to sell something to create content to sell it if you don't understand what the benefits are, what the transformation is. You're listening to the Courageous Content Podcast. I'm Janet Murray, and I love helping coaches, creatives, and entrepreneurs create super engaging content that generates leads and sales for their businesses. No one starts a business and just knows how to create engaging content. It's a skill that has to be learned and practiced. And there's always something new to learn, no matter how long you've been in business. And I know running an online business can feel messy. Perfectionism, Fear, self-doubt, and other mindset stuff can stop you showing up online in the way that's best for you. So you'll get help with that too. Ready to get courageous with your content? Let's get started. Hello, my name's Kate, and I am here to talk to Janet Murray about getting organized and planning out your content. Well, let me share a secret with you. I've been working with Janet for a few months now, and this morning, just before this recording, She sent me a message saying, have we got two meetings today? (laughs) And I was like, no, babes, we've got one interview and a meeting next week. Uh, And the idea of the interview is we're going to talk about your content planner, (laughs) which made me laugh out loud. So I guess let's start from here. You've said you're disorganized. How do you go about planning your content for social media? So this has evolved over the years and I've definitely got better at it. But currently... I run a session on a Wednesday morning, which is called Get It Planned for my client. And I show up with my clients and I sit and I plan my content for the following week. I think a lot of people approach planning in a kind of, what's the word, kind of like a linear way. So they're like, oh, it's January. So I'm going to plan January the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th and 5th. I'm saying I sit down on a Wednesday morning, but actually... What I do, the first thing I do is I create a yearly content plan and I call it, it's probably not the best phrase in the world, but I call it overhead planning. So the first thing I do is I say, right, okay, November, December time, what's going to be happening in the four quarters of my year next year? That sends some people into a bit of a panic because they're like, I don't even know. (laughs) Um, And that's the thing about me. I find detail quite hard, which we might get into, but I'm great at seeing the bigger picture. So I can sit down and say, okay, 
this is not too overwhelming. Let's look at the four quarters of the year. What are the two or three things I'm going to be doing? What am I going to be launching? What am I going to be focusing on? Am I speaking at any events? Am I launching any products? Am I running any events? And I can get that down in 10 minutes or less. So that's the first step. Then I do quarterly planning. So then I'll sit down and look across a quarter. And if you've got a podcast or a blog, that's a really great way to approach it because all you have to do if say you've got a weekly podcast is go okay I just need to think of 12 ideas so for me that feels less overwhelming and then I do monthly planning and then these Wednesday morning sessions they're an absolute game changer because we all know that thing about what gets written down gets done but it's so true if you put something on your diary and you put an appointment in your diary unless you're me and you put two, two of them <laughs> <laughs> then you're going to show up for that meeting aren't you and the accountability. Yeah. So I know that my clients are going to be sitting there with me planning their session. And at the start of the session, I have to put in the chat what I'm going to be doing and they put what they're going to be doing. And then we have a little break halfway through and then we come back and I'm accountable to them. They're accountable to me. So that really works for me having a regular time that I do my planning on my calendar, not planning in that linear way. Like I said, I call it kind of overhead planning, like looking from the top and just breaking it down into smaller and smaller pieces. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it does. Do you have an idea when you look at that overview, the actual content and what you're going to say as well? So for me, it sounds a bit cold hearted, but <laughs> it starts with what I'm selling. So I know now we're recording this in August 2021. I already know that I'm going to be running an event in November 2022. I already know I'm going to be launching a diary or a planner all being well in August time next year. So for me, it's about starting with what is it that I'm going to be selling? Or it might not even be selling. Like, What's my goal here? What do I want this content to do for me? I think if you start with that and say, well, what is it I want to achieve? And then you work back from there. That for me is a lot less overwhelming. You start with what is it I want to get out of this? Why am I publishing this content? And what kind of content do I need to create in order to achieve these goals? And I think when people struggle with content planning, often it's because they haven't done that big scary thing, which is like, what am I going to be doing next year? I famously say this at every event, content planning event I'm on, <laughs> which is like, if you don't know what you're going to be doing next year, or you can't have a stab at it, then it isn't really a content planning problem. It's a business problem and you need to fix the business problem first. I'm not saying that we should know exactly what we're going to be doing like this time next year in November. But if you're running a business and you haven't thought about what are going to be your key products or services and what sort of time of year, we're not saying like the exact date, what sort of time of a year you're going to be doing stuff, then that's going to make your content really difficult. You said at the beginning that it sounds quite cold, but what do you say to people that feel that that's quite manipulative almost? It isn't manipulative at all because we're all in business and we're here to pay our bills and feed our kids and whatever we have to do. And I do think in particular, female business owners, they can have such a problem with selling and convince themselves that what they're doing is scammy and horrible and mean. But actually what all of us are doing is we're solving a problem. We're helping people. So I hired you, Kate, to help me with my podcasting skills. So I hope you like them. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because I perceive myself to have a problem. And I looked to an expert like you then saying, yeah, let's do some coaching is not scammy or selly or, or sleazy. But I find often when you're talking to female business owners, that's where it will go very, very quickly. And actually reminding yourself that you are serving people, you're helping people, you have an expertise or you have a product like my diary. My diary isn't scammy or selly, it's a product that helps people. 
it saves some time and saves some money. And that's another useful yeah. thing as well is it can be hard to sell something if you don't understand and to create content to sell it if you don't understand what the benefits are, what the transformation is. So with my diary, I know very clearly there's two things it does. So it saves people time and helps people to come up with ideas when they're stuck. There's two, two key problems that I know people struggle with. So it solves a problem. And the other thing about content is that, of course, it's like dating. Like You can't just rock up online and start selling people stuff. Well, you can, obviously. But if you do, people generally are, you know, it, they feel it's a bit forward. You have to build a relationship. So how do you build that relationship? It's about adding value over time. So again, when I'm thinking about content planning, so I might think, oh, I'm launching an event in August or September, November time. What sort of content do I need to be publishing in the run up to that to build that relationship? So I know I can't just rock up on August the 28th and launch my diary. And it's the first time people have heard about it or heard about content planning. I've got to build that relationship in the weeks, months, so when you start to think about it like that, and it is kind of bigger picture planning, and you start to think about it as building a relationship with people and getting to know them and getting helping them to get to know you, I think it can start to feel less scammy. Have I convinced you? Yes, <laughs> you have. <laughs> yeah, I feel less manipulative, although I have to admit that every time you say about the plan a year in advance, you need to be able to grab for that. My stomach bursts into flames because I go, oh God, maybe I haven't planned this properly. But then I think that's that's a really familiar overwhelm, whether you've got, had a business for a year or 10, you know, it's still that, that looking into the future and going, have I got this all aligned right is quite scary. So let's rewind slightly. I want to know about this year's diary. Tell me about it. What is the diary? Why does it exist? What does it do? So this is, I think, the fifth year of my diary, and it's changed a lot since the first year that we launched it. It's the Courageous Content Planner this year, so it's got a new name. So it was the Social Media Diary and Planner last year. It was the Social Media Diary to start with, or the Media Diary. So it's it's changed as it's gone. And its job really, it's to help business owners, just to save them time with their content and to give them ideas and to just reduce that overwhelm. So what I think is really different about this year's planner, and I'm really excited about it actually, is ever since I started selling a content planner, the one thing I've really struggled with, and this is how we get our best business ideas, I guess, is like by understanding people's struggles and trying to solve them, is that, yes, you can give somebody a content planning diary. And I've had one for quite a few years now, which has awareness dates and key dates. And it gets people to think about why they might publish particular content at particular times. But I'd still get that person who would say, but I don't know what to do with that information. I don't know then how to turn that into a social media post, or I don't know how to take an awareness day and to turn it into something that will generate engagement and also income for my business. And there's a phrase that people use, and I've had it said to me so many times about social media, which is, if someone could just tell me what to post, where and when, then I'd be absolutely fine. Now, the thing is about that, it's problematic because we can't all go around publishing the same social media posts because we all have different audiences, they need to hear different things from us. And that's why I am not a fan of templates. I'm not a fan of people who sell ready to go social media posts because they do not work. But I have been, I've spent years thinking, how can I solve this problem or at least get close to it? And what I've come up with, which is what the Courageous Content Planner is all about, is a really simple system, which pretty much it gets as close as you possibly could to tell me what to post, where and when. And it's just this post four times a week, four stars of content. 
and that's it. It's called my four by four method, which makes me laugh every time because it makes me think of Ulrika Johnson. Do you remember Ulrika Johnson? And yeah. They called her a four by four mum and I can't get that out of my head. <laughs> if you're not from the UK, you might not know what I'm talking about, but Ulrika Johnson, TV personality who had four children by four different fathers, very unpolitically correct got a slating in the press about it but it is the four by four method and it's that simple so it's post four times a week four different styles of content and that for me is as close as you can get to saying to somebody this is when that person says just tell me what to post where and when that's as close as you can get without giving someone templates or giving someone ready written or pre-written social media posts which don't work so that's what I'm really excited about this year the diary is really based around that. It's actually four steps to creating your the courageous content method, which is your four step to creating your overall yearly plan. So you create your yearly plan, then you put time in your diary to do your quarterly, and then you put time to do your monthly planning. And then it's about reducing the amount of time you spend as well. So it's about saying, I'm just going to create, plan and create all of my content in two hours a week. That's what my ambition for people which might seem like a lot, actually, if you're not creating much content at the moment. <laughs> but if you want to create impact, I would say that's a, a good amount of time to invest and it really will pay off for you. And the other thinking behind it really is that I think most small business owners create too much content. And what happens for most of us, and I've totally been there, is that January comes, you're like, right, this is the year I'm going to get on top of my content. and I'm finally going to be consistent. And then you do about a week, it's like a diet, you do about a week of it and you post really enthusiastically across every platform. And then by about Thursday, you're just burnt out and you're like, I hate this. And I really feel it's better to like four times a week, that's 16 pieces of content a month, even if you just posted on one platform. That's more than most people are achieving with that kind of on and off, on and off, like stop, start, stop, start. And if you add that up over the year, that's a lot of pieces of content. If you were just to show up. For me, it also feels a bit like the gym or I know that you do CrossFit. So Four times yeah. a week, rest day, weekend off. If you want to do more, that's great. But for me, it's about making it really easy to remember. So if I show up four times a week, I create four types of content. Our diary this year has got little stickers for the four styles of content. So you can stick your on the day that you want to stick it in. And we've also got, you know, those things. Again, I, I get a lot of my inspiration from things I use in my own life. But, you know, you can get those bottles which tell you how much water you've drunk during the day. And so like, you know, I've had this many glasses of water, or this many meals. So we've actually got trackers as well on each week so you can actually you can tick off how many days you've posted so you can look back and say well I did my four days oh actually I did five last week so it's also a way of you being able to reflect on to, to actually plan in the diary to be able to get your stickers out and put your bits of content on but also to keep yourself accountable and to track and I think four times a week if you're running a business we have to create content to promote our business to me that feels manageable and well, we've proved it because I've been trialing it with my, my clients this year and they get, they're, they're, they're making it happen. It's good. Yeah, absolutely. I think having a format or a template to at least start you off, to at least give you some sort of guidance of expectation really helps. And as you said, that's proven by your client base. It makes me think of piano lessons. So when I was, I was growing up, I learned the piano and I had lessons from about the age of 12 to about the age of 17 or 18. And I didn't learn how to practice. So I got up and running really quickly and my teacher thought I was wonderful. So she just put me through these exams and I ended up just only being able to pass exams. So I could learn the pieces really quickly, go in and, and do the exams, but I wasn't really learning how to play the piano. And later on, I went back to have piano lessons and the teacher I had then, she taught me how to practice. 
just things like when you sit down at the piano to start practicing, you often have to do horrible things like learn scales if you're learning piano. But it's like, okay, so this is what I would suggest you do. You play three major scales, you play three minor scales, and then you play this Haddon exercise. If you're a pianist, you know what Haddon is. But just somebody saying to you, it's that whole thing of this is what you need to do when suddenly those scales feel less scary because teachers just saying, just choose three majors, three minors and do your hand in exercise. And now I'm doing my practice because I know what to do when I sit down at the piano. But as with anything, when we've got that blank page in front of us, that's when we're at risk. I think I talk a lot about being courageous with content, but I think half of the time when we feel fearful about content, it's just because we don't know what to create. There's no framework, there's no structure. I think most of us were in decision overwhelmed. So when we sit down to create a content plan, we're like, oh my God, there's so many decisions. What platform? What type of content? How long? Video? Written? And I see this in people all the time, business owners, and they just get so crushed. So what I've really been trying, working on for years, really, is to try and create something which is like, okay, let's take that overwhelm away. And I'm just going to give you that framework. And there's a bit of flexibility mm. for you so you can be creative. But this is just going to calm you and go, okay, I know what I need to do. Like, I, I've just got to, got to do these small list of things and suddenly it becomes less overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. So five years ago, you're an online business. What makes you go, I'm going to have a physical product? Like most of my ideas, it was just something that I had an idea and within a few days it was, it was happening. Probably a few hours, actually, if it was me. So I think what happened was I came into the online space And I saw a lot of other business owners struggling with content and they were just like, I don't know what to post. I don't know what to post, where and when. And I was like, but Mm. why? Because the world is full of inspiration. And I realized that it was my background in journalism because my editor, I worked uh, mainly for The Guardian writing education, politics stories. And she had this phrase that she used to use, which was, why do people need to hear about this now? I was like, oh, okay. So it's important that we talk about Boris Johnson today because he's just announced that he's having another baby. So it's important that we do an article today about prime ministers who have a lot of children. That will be less relevant next week because we're not talking about that because Boris hasn't just made that announcement. So I had this innate sense of creating content that was timely. And I also had this sense of what people were interested in as well. Of like, And I had this sense that we're all interested in what's trending on Twitter and what everybody's talking about on a particular day. So I was just finding that easy. And I was seeing people around me who were finding it really hard. And it was a kind of like, what can I create to help people? So I had this idea, why don't I create a diary that has loads of awareness days and key dates, and this will give people ideas. And literally, it's the way I do everything. It was, I think I must have put the sales page out the same day or the following day. I, I, don't, I don't hang about. And, um, <laughs> and how I do everything. In fact, we still do it now. We don't order because nobody wants to pay an expensive print one for a load of planners that no one wants to buy. So yeah. basically you test, you do a test offer. So I created a very simple landing page. I've still got it. It's awful. It's, it looks horrible. It's embarrassing. But I created a very simple landing page. I got my designer to create a mock-up of what this diary would look like. So we didn't make it put a price on it, kind of did a bit of little bit of digging to find out roughly how much it would cost me to make it and got a few print quotes. I made this really simple landing page and then just sent it out to my email list and just said, does anyone want to buy this? If you pre-order it, you'll get you know, quite a chunk off the price. And a load of people bought it. I mean, not like a load of people as in how, how many people buy it now. <laughs> We're talking like, I think it was probably 
less than 100. So that's how I approach most things. I don't think too hard about it. I just put it out there and see if people want it and people did want it. And then each year just improved on it and developed it. It's now got an event. So we have a content planning event every November that goes with it. It's got a, a membership program that people can join and it's just developed really. I mean, you've made some changes this year in the last few months in terms of how you're delivering the business, I suppose, delivering the the service. It it now hangs around this planner, doesn't it? Yeah. So I've made the decision, the courageous decision this year to drop everything else and just focus on the planner because a piece of advice I give my own clients a lot is to niche and to niche and niche again. And what I was finding is I had chosen this niche or I'd ended up in this niche of audience building, which is a great niche, but it's very, very wide. So within the Build Your Online Audience program, we cover three key areas. So we cover Mm. branding and that includes visual branding as well. We cover content. So that's content you publish on your website, YouTube, podcasts, SEO, blogging. And then we also do social media. And then the final part is email list building. That is a lot for one person to teach. And although I do have the expertise, I do have the experience to teach all of that. That's a lot of things to be an expert in. And I had this moment where I was just like, if I was advising one of my clients, I would tell them they needed to niche. And the thing that I've just always loved doing is content. I love creating content. I love coming up with ideas. I love helping clients come up with ideas. There is nothing I get more excited about than coming up with ideas to post on social media in particular. And I just find it so much fun. So I just thought, do you know what? I'm going to take my own advice here and I'm just going to focus. My planner has, it's gone from selling, you know, modest numbers in the first year to selling thousands all over the world. People, obviously, they're interested in this planner. It has four beautiful covers. It's going to be hardback this year as well. And we're making improvements every year based on, on people's feedback. But it gets more beautiful every year. People love it. And that whole space of content planning, well, that's a whole niche in itself, isn't it? And so I decided I had to, yeah, take my own advice and just go for it. So that's how I completely entered into Janet Murray's world. And I guess everybody uses it in their own way, don't they? Because I mean, I don't actually write in mine apart from, well, let me just give a bit of context. I have a daily podcast. I pre-record that podcast sometimes two days in advance. At the moment, my producer's away for a week. So I'm now doing two weeks in advance. And with that requires a load of content planning. So what I did was I was like, right, We'll make a massive content diary in a G drive, a Google calendar. And then I still bought your um, diary because of the awareness dates, because I was like, I've got so many awareness dates in my content planner now (laughs) that it's really nice to just have one or two to choose from. But I guess everybody uses it in their own way because I will refer to the awareness dates and then I might make a note in the month, but I rarely use the daily one. Yeah, I think that's really important. So I have diary clients who write in every single space of their diary. They have beautiful handwriting. It looks beautiful. They share pictures of it and it puts me to shame. I don't actually write in mine that much. I write in parts of it. I use some pages and parts more than others. I have my own content planning systems. And I think that's a really important thing. Like every year I create a blog post or a podcast or update the one from the year before, just talking about that and saying, actually, it's okay to use a diary, a content planning diary in different ways. It doesn't mean it's not valuable if you didn't write in every page of it. It's okay to have more than one. So sometimes people will have my diary, they'll have another diary, they'll have a notebook, and they use 
my diary as part of a system they've created. And I think that's really important in planning because we're all different. And although I've developed this like four by four idea, I wouldn't for a minute say you must follow that. Like, I think it's a great structure to get up and running. And if you're stuck and you're finding it difficult to be consistent, it's almost like your stabilizers, you know, when you're learning to ride a bike. And then once you've learned to ride a bike, you can ditch the stabilizers. But I am quite an unconventional person, quite a spontaneous person. And if you told me I had to write in a planner in the same way every day, that would just kill me. So the message I often really share about it is use it in the way that works for you. Color it in if you like. We have some people who color it in and just use it in the way that works for you. Use it as part of your system. But like you say, just having the awareness states alone, just it might be the accountability trackers. It might be the types of content. I think most of us end up with our own version of either someone else's content planning system or we create our own. And I think that's fine. That's important. I would never, ever want to say it. When somebody says, oh, I bought the diary last year and I didn't use it. And I'll say, well, you know, did you look up some of the awareness states? Yeah, I did. Like, did you use it sometimes just to kind of maybe sketch out some ideas for a launch or yeah, yeah, I used it for that. So it doesn't mean if you didn't write in every single part of it, that doesn't mean that it's not worth having a content planner, whether it's mine or somebody else's. For some people, it's about coming up with your own system. Yeah. And also, I think we talked about about awareness days a lot there. Awareness days do get to the point where people sneer at them. I experienced this myself when I worked for The Guardian. I don't think we were allowed to do anything that was about awareness days, apart from like serious ones like miscarriage awareness day or Mm. premature baby day or whatever. But I think it's a little bit short-sighted because it just needs a little bit of creativity. If you start a business, you don't just wake up and know how to take an awareness day and turn it into an amazing social media post or an amazing podcast. You have to practice and learn how to do it. So I create podcasts on that very topic and blog posts to help. But it's about looking at it and thinking about how you can apply it to your business. So for example, I'm thinking we used recently, which was National Nude Day, which sounds really, really silly. But we asked a question, we did it across all of my social media platforms, which was, would you post a video of yourself on social media without makeup? And that immediately becomes relevant to my audience because I'm teaching them about content and being courageous. So that's exactly it. So when I see people using awareness days badly, it's where they're saying things like, this is exactly what the post will be like. It's National Sausage Day today. What's your favorite sausage? Well, you know, no one's really interested unless you're a nutritionist or unless you, I don't know, you're a sausage maker. (laughs) No one's really going to be that interested. So the way I would approach that is, so say, for example, that you are a nutritionist, you might share a recipe, which was vegan sausages. Or you might share, if you were a a textile maker or a designer, you might share something that's sausage shaped or something like that. (laughs) So it's about, like you say, it's using them as jumping off points. I mean, sometimes you can just use them. Like we always joke about the one that always does really well for me is, it's not even an awareness day, I don't think, is um, brown sauce or tomato ketchup. People love talking about food. (laughs) But sometimes... I think with business content as well, we think we have to be all serious all the time. And we think we have to just talk business, but actually that kind of bores people. And the approach I often recommend people take when they're saying they're struggling with social media engagement, I'm posting on Facebook or Instagram and no one's replying and nobody's interested in buying my stuff. Think Mm. about your own personal Facebook. Like what have you posted recently on your own personal Facebook that's got loads of comments and engagement? Oh, okay. Well, there was that time that I complained about the Hoover and I talked about how, this is a true story, 
about how me and my husband argue about the Hoover every single day and how I threaten to buy a new one every day. And he says the Dyson cordless is you know, 80 comments. And that's, I think, what we need to come back to yeah. is that just because we are business people, that doesn't mean we have to talk about business all the time. And it doesn't mean that people are interested in just being bored about your business. Yeah, or awareness days, I suppose. So my approach to it is with the podcast is that I'm pre-recording, as I said, for the next couple of weeks. I think we've got Book Lovers Day in there. I, I know it when I go, I can't start every podcast with today's National Book Lovers Day, all right? Or today is uh, Son and Daughter Day. So I kind of mix it up. And as you said, use them as talking points to tell a story around that means that if it is a big deal that day or someone's really got into it and it's in everybody's social media feeds, I'm part of the conversation. That's how I sort of think about it. And you don't it. even have to tell people it's Book Lovers Day either. So you could just say... No. Oh, no. I think I just did I Love Books and I did a quote yeah. out of one of my favourite books. My go-to is always ask other people. So here's a really great book I read recently. What have you been reading? People yeah. love talking about themselves. And often it's just that thing that gets you from the blank page to, oh, I could ask people that. That's all it is. It's just a tiny tweak. And then if something happens in the news that day that's relevant to you, then you can be spontaneous. Because I suppose with the planning, all you're ever trying to do is lay some roots so that you can then have wings. Yeah. So an objection people often have to having a content planner is, I've tried it before and it didn't work, or I just don't get on with planners. And I would say the same about myself. So people often worry that if they're using a content planner and if they're showing up every Wednesday and planning their content for the next week, that that's going to impact on their spontaneity and their creativity. And I'm very much a spontaneous content creator. So I'll just walk past a sign in the street or I'll see a photo or something will make me laugh and I'll be like, oh, I'll take a photo of that and turn it into content. But actually the planning bit is what gives you the freedom to do that. If you're stressed out because you haven't planned any social media content and you're feeling guilty because you haven't posted for weeks and you've got nothing lined up, you've got no social media posts scheduled, then it becomes even harder to be spontaneous. And then when you are spontaneous, you beat yourself up and say, why can't I just get myself organized? If you've already planned your content and you've got something that's lined up, scheduled or on your Google Docs or whatever, and then you see something or something happens in the news and you think, oh, that's really relevant to my business, then you can just save that social media post for another day and you can be spontaneous, but you're not feeling stressed out. And someone actually said recently who's been coming along to the Get It Plan sessions, it just said the reduction on his stress of just knowing that he had his, it's just like, I just feel like a different person because I'm not starting every week stressed, worrying about content. And I know that I can swap things out. The other thing you can do as well, which is really cool, is you can create a bank of social media posts. So I have them themed. So I have a spreadsheet, which has topics I know people love talking about, like music, TV, film, food. People love talking about food, films. And some of it might be around awareness days, just little quick questions that you can ask. And when I've posted that particular post, when we've scheduled it, I put it on that Google Doc because the same, very similar awareness days come around. Or you just get a day where you're like, what can I ask people that I know that people would want to talk about? And having a bank, can you imagine this time next year, having a bank of hundreds of post ideas that you've already tested, that you know work really well? Nobody's going to say, oh, Kate, you posted that last year because they're not going to remember. And so yeah. once you start doing this and you start building up banks of content, the time you spend just reduces because once you've done a couple of book lovers posts, there's loads of days related to books, or you might just feel like, you know, I'm a bit busy this week. I tell you what, I'm just going to ask people what their favorite book is or whatever. And you've already got that and you can literally just lift it up, cut and paste it. And you just feel so much better about yourself. And then you start to see lovely patterns as well. 
and you start to see how you could do series. So I did a post, which was, this is how kind of left field I go with it, but it was Yorkshire Day. And I was like, what can I do about Yorkshire Day? So I Googled bands from Yorkshire and I got the Arctic Monkeys and Kaiser Chiefs. And I knew that was kind of like about my age group. And so I just said to people, it's Yorkshire Day. I can't remember which way around it is. I think Kaiser Chiefs are from Sheffield and Arctic Monkeys are from Leeds, is it? No, Arctic Monkeys are from Sheffield and Kaiser Chiefs are from Leeds. There you go. That's a year in music radio, years of music radio. Instant post. And I've got, <laughs> I've got quite a series of posts like that, which were about bands. I've got things about what was number one at the charts on these particular days. And they're little filler posts that you might think, well, why does my audience want to talk about that? But actually, people don't want to talk about business all the time. And having just some conversation starters, particularly if you have a Facebook group, can be great. And if you've got them in stock, you can just pull them out. Like, what was the first record you bought? Always a winner, that one. What was your first car? I did one about how many attempts did you have at your driving test? You can bring those things out again and again. When you're busy, you just go into your content bank and think, I'll just schedule a couple of those and job's done. Is there a section in the new diary for a content bank? Well, there is something in there. (laughs) There is something in there. And I've been doing this for the last year. We do these things called grab and go posts. So I never want to go to the place where we create pre-written social media posts because I think that's a dangerous place to go. Because like I say, we all have different audiences. They need different things from us. But I have been creating these grab and go posts. There's 35 of them every week. And for people who belong to my content planning club, they get an email every Monday with 35 of these. And I just take the posts and I turn them into little questions and then people take them and turn them into posts. And some people, they do turn them into posts. But again, it's just sometimes we just need somebody to get us off the starting block. Yeah, you can't edit an empty page, can you? And I think that can be applied to everything. So diary number one was very different to diary number five. What's the biggest lesson you've learned in the five years that you wish you'd known in the beginning? Well, I wish I'd known all of this because I would have been doing it right from the start. (laughs) But I think that's a lesson for anyone who is thinking about launching a product or any kind of service online is that you can't know what you don't know. And so the only way to do it is just to launch whatever it is, whatever idea it is that you've got and take imperfect action. So I took imperfect action with that diary. I mean, I thought it was great at the time, looking back, (laughs) I realized it wasn't great at all. But each year I've learned new things from the customers and I've learned new ways and better ways of doing it. So it gets better and better and it looks better and better every year. And we use better quality materials. But if I hadn't just been brave enough to put it out there and say, will you buy this? Then I wouldn't be where I am today. And I think that's probably the biggest lesson. I wish I knew all the things I know now because it would have been a much better product to start with. But isn't that the same with all products? I mean, who creates the perfect product? I think that's really scary for people, isn't it? That's the thing that probably holds people back the most is that, well, I certainly feel it sometimes where I'm going, I know I want to help people. I know I've got a service where I can help people. But actually, there's a fear around now I'm charging them for it and it might be imperfect, you know? (laughs) So I think the the courage comes there, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think we've put the price up for the first time this year because we're using better materials. It's got a hardback cover. We are using different packaging, all these things that you have to think about when you have a product from things that we've learned from previous years where things have gone wrong. But when we first started out, I think we charged about 50% of what we charge now. So that's the other thing as well, is that I think a lot of people feel that you have to have the perfect product and you have to go out at the top price. But actually, you have to test a product. You have to put it out there and see how people use it 
and see what doesn't work for them and what works well and what doesn't. Mm. And so a few people, I think, certainly in the online space can go out with their high ticket price. You have to put a test price out. But I feel really comfortable with the price raised this year because I've worked blooming hard on this product to get it better over the years. And we've improved the look of it and the materials and that it costs more to make it now, but it's a better product. So I feel really comfortable with that price rise, but I wouldn't have felt comfortable putting it out at that price earlier on. Yeah. And I guess finding the right printers and finding the suppliers and finding all of those things, it's a different challenge, isn't it, to a digital product, a physical product? I think with products, one of the things that can be really hard is that people have to desire it. They have to want to hold it in their hands. They have to to want to see it in their house. They have to want to see themselves wearing it or whatever it is. So that does present more challenges with high quality photography. You generally need to have a nice looking website again if you want to charge higher prices. When I first started out with this planner, my appetite for risk five years ago was in a very different place than it is now. So last year, I think one month we spent £12,000 on Facebook ads one month. If you said that to me five years ago, this first diary, I just would have been sick, I think, of the thought of spending any money on ads, never mind like £12,000 in one month. But my tolerance to risk has built up. So this year we've invested in having a, a microsite built. We've invested in much, much better quality photography. But most of us, we're not ready to do that straight away. We have to build up our tolerance to, to risk. Every time we sit down with the Facebook ads people and they were talking about the budget for the pre-order, it's a lot more than it was last year. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's a lot of money. But the first time I ever invested in Facebook ads, I think the whole project came in under a thousand pounds. But I was still terrified because I'd never spent yeah. that kind of money on anything. I was a journalist before being paid by the word. Then I was a teacher. I wasn't used to seeing big amounts of money in my bank account. And I think a lot of people underestimate risk. I think I am quite good with risk, but even so, I'm not silly. And I, I don't just go out there spending a load of money. I'm not reckless. And you have to build up your tolerance over time. So I've definitely built up my tolerance, <laughs> but it's just new level, new devil, I think they say, isn't it? So you've created this planner. People are obviously getting in touch with you about the planner. What other things do they sort of want to know? The question everyone asks is, can you give me the name of your printer? <laughs> Which I will not give. Because, no, because that's like, that's like asking Colonel Sanders to give the, um, the KFC recipe, the, uh, the, the Kentucky Fried Chicken recipe. But go on, you can tell but, me. It's just me and you. Go on. <laughs> I'm not sure I can. You might have to kill me first. But there is a, a sensible reason. So an interesting content thing here, actually, is that my best performing piece of content in Google is my podcast episode and blog on how to launch a planner. Because I'm an entrepreneur, I have an online masterclass on how to launch a planner. So some people then go and buy that class. But yeah, people get in touch. They're wanting to launch their own planner and they will often listen to that podcast or they will read that blog post. Sometimes they'll buy the class, but people are generally after a bit of free advice and they'll message me on Instagram and say, struggling a little bit to find a printer. <laughs> and I make the joke about the Kentucky thing, but actually there is a serious thing here. So I come from a publishing background. So I knew about how you put a publication together. So what often happens is if you haven't got any experience of publishing, you'll just ring a printer and they'll be going, hey, I want to publish a planner. And how much will it be? And the printer will be like, well, 
how many pages? What sort of cover? What sort of binding? What sort of paper? And they'd be like, oh, um, well, I don't know. And this is one of the big reasons why I wouldn't share that information is that unless you've got your idea for your planner and you've sat down and worked out what's going to be on every page of that planner and you've thought about things, you can answer those questions like, what do you want on the cover? What kind of binder do you want? And you know the difference between things like perfect bound and spiral bound. You're not going to be able to get a quote. So you're at danger, you're at risk then of creating something that costs more for you to make than you're actually going to make from it. Because you haven't actually, you know, we cost out every single planner. We know exactly how much it costs to make each one because we do all of that research. But the other part of it as well is it's commercially sensitive information. So we've done a lot of research to find the suppliers. And it's not just printers that we work with. We work with different companies who help us to create this product. So asking somebody to give away commercially sensitive information on an Instagram DM I think in the small business owner world, there is sometimes that kind of like, hey, I'll just reach out and be cheeky and I'll just see if I can. Um, So generally, we just send them to this podcast, which explains why they need to know all of this stuff and how it's going to help them. And also there's a lot to be said for the trying, testing, trialing, testing and getting your own authentic imprint on what is that you've made. You know, as you said, it's five years of hard work, isn't it? That's got you here. It was the the year or two of finding, I'm, I'm assuming it took a while to find the right printers and everything. So what are you hoping for from this planner this year? When does it all start and kick in and all of that? It started off as a very simple thing, but now our launch, our launch periods for the diary, this is another reason why I've dropped the other stuff. It will become clear now. So we launch at the end of August, typically. So we generally have our pre-launch. So we will do some list building and we will have a, be building a wait list of people who bought last year. We generally do a week where people can get a discount on it and also get to choose their full covers. That's that's a bit of a thing every year, um, getting to guarantee choice of cover because we usually sell out of the most popular one or two. And then we move into our normal launch phase. And then as you can imagine with a seasonal planner, then we have an event that we sell. Then we have the run up to Christmas, New Year, New You phase. And then we have the in-between Christmas and New Year, we have the the last Christmas post, all of that has to come into it as well. Then we have the in-between Christmas and New Year where everyone's fed up with turkey and stuff. So we've actually got better at planning our launches now. And we it's got six phases to it, this launch, because we start in August and we go right the way around to January. And if you imagine you're selling the same products, this is something people ask me all the time about the diary, actually. Like, what do you do if you sell the same products all year round? Well, you have to change the message. You have to say something different. You have to have, I call them peak points. You, so we've changed the copy. We'll change the photography. We'll, we'll maybe do some offers. We'll do some pop-up events or whatever. So yeah, that's basically my life from about the end of August to, <laughs> to January. End of January is just planner, 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 planner. Do you get to the point where you're like, I don't want to look at this planner ever again? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very beautiful. We, oh, we never, ever get sick of it. Never get sick of it. <laughs> but that's really, that takes us nicely full circle, which is that, you know, your top, your over, what did you call it? The overhead planning. That's part of it, right? So, you know, August to January, that's where we're doing that. And the, the overhead planning, you know, where those peak points are going to come. And then you can start working back from all of those moments, I guess. Yeah. And it has an impact on all of the content you create. So, for example, we just had a photo shoot and I was out there. I was out in my Christmas outfit 
and yeah, we were that. doing new year photos because we'd actually planned it out and done the overhead planning okay like we need different content for different phases but wouldn't it be good if we had some Christmassy photos wouldn't it be good if we had some new year photos and when you start to do that big picture planning and you start to sort of like stand above it and not get lost in the detail I'm terrible with detail <laughs> but actually that's the bit that helps you to plan further ahead to be more creative, to see patterns, to see how you could link things together or repurpose things, make your life easier. That's amazing. So when can we get it? When can we pre-order it? How much is it? Tell us all about it. The Courageous Content Planner will be on sale at the end of August, I should say, 2021. If you're listening in the future, you just need to head to courageouscontentplanner.com. You doing do you sell the planner? Does it come with anything else? Is it just the physical product? Does it come with the digital membership? What, how does it all work there? So this year, when we launch, you can either just buy the diary with the stickers this year. There are stickers this year. And there's a digital product with it, just a short course to get you up, up and running. But what I really think would be worthwhile investing, because of course I would, would be our Courageous Content Live event, which happens at the beginning of November. It's an online event. We took it online last year because of COVID and actually liked it so much we're keeping it online. And this is um, a two-day online event where you can come and plan a year's worth of content. So if you were thinking earlier, that sounds really stressful, thinking about what I'm going to be doing in Q3 or, or 4, you can do it with us because we will we will get you sorted at the event. Just think how good you're going to feel having your content plan boxed off and all of the key dates in your diary for 2021 by early November. You're going to feel really good. There'll also be an opportunity after the event to join our planning community and be part of that all, all year round. And you'll be able to join our Get It Plan sessions on a Wednesday. We're going to have two times. So we're going to have a later time for people who are based overseas so that you don't miss out. And our monthly get inspired sessions and our quarterly planning sessions so if you really want that accountability you can become part of my planning community for the whole year and and just get it done and I really feel like I've just written the intro for the diary actually and the start of it says congratulations (laughs) your content planning just got a whole lot easier and that's really what it's about would you like to create super engaging content about your business and do it consistently If so, you need my Courageous Content Planner in your life. It's a gorgeous A4 desk diary that's so simple to use because it's based on my 4x4 strategy, which involves posting four styles of content four days a week. Yes, content planning really can be that easy. There's templates for daily, weekly, monthly and annual planning so you know exactly what to post, where and when. Plus hundreds of ready-to-go content ideas and prompts. So you'll never run out of ideas for social media posts again. And accountability trackers to keep you consistent with your posting. The Courageous Content Planner is both practical and pretty, with four gorgeous cover designs to choose from. So if you want to ditch the content overwhelm and you want a simple content plan you can actually stick to, head over to CourageousContentPlanner.com to order your copy today. for listening to the Courageous Content Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share the episode on social media. That way, more people can benefit from the free tips and strategies I share. And be sure to tag me in when you do. I'm at Jan Murray on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. TikTok.